This is a tasty burger. You're listening to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. The very best place to break the ice with your favorite player. Now, here's your host, world-famous Twitch streamer, Nick Hart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Thank you again for tuning in for uh, what is bound to be another fantastic episode of the Penguins podcast. I am your host, Nick Hart, and I'm feeling a little bit uh, under the weather. Truth be told, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going through a little bit of a battle right now, but I have my tea with me in front of me, so I'm going to try and muscle through, and at this time I must thank my guest for braving the elements and coming on here with me. It is Penguins rookie forward Chase Berger making his debut on the Penguins podcast. Chase, how are you doing today? And thank you for coming on the podcast with me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, truth be told, I didn't know about this uh, illness you've been battling till right about now, so I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Yeah, so I just slammed the door shut <laughs> on you, locked you in a room with me, and told you that I'm sick. So thanks for coming on. Awesome. Hopefully I'm there <laughs> Friday. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you will be. I mean, I pretty much died over the weekend. I consider myself resurrected. I went right. to a, a wedding with one of my one of my best friends got married this past Sunday in New York City. Went out there and during the reception I felt tired, but naturally it's a reception at a wedding. You're going to battle through, right? So I muscled my way through and then afterwards just completely crashed. Felt like total crap <laughs> driving back from New York to Wilkesbury the next day. Now I'm on the upswing, so I feel a lot better, but still uh, I need my tea to get through it. And since uh, we're sort of on the topic here of fighting through illness, let me ask you to tap into your memory bank here. Hockey players are always known for playing through injury and things like that, but sometimes you get sick too and you have to head out there. What is the worst illness you've ever had to battle through to play a game? Do you have any Michael Jordan flu games in your back pocket? Yeah, actually a couple really? games in uh, in junior. Uh, my second year, my first year I broke my foot and I missed a couple games, and then my second year I never got hurt at all, but I missed two games both times from the stomach flu. Missed the uh, games for the stomach flu? Well, Because well, that's a bad bug then yeah the, the first the first one i did warm up and while well, i was throwing up on the way to the game we were busing uh from i think it was uh sioux city maybe to omaha or something like that i believe um it. and uh so i'm throwing up on the bus and i'm like oh, i think i'll be fine i do the off ice warm up and i tell my coach I'm like hey man it's bad i can't go so yeah. i get a cab back to the motel that we were staying at and i missed that game and then uh, a couple months later, same kind of deal where just game day, I just started feeling awful. I ended up having to go to the hospital, get an IV. Uh, so I missed the Friday night game, and then the next night I played and just felt miserable, but at least I, I was on the ice. <laughs> Wait, so the time you got the IV, that was the stomach flu too? Or yeah. was that something else? No. Yeah, it was also the stomach flu yeah, twice so in one year. That's a bad bug. That's going to yeah. keep a hockey player out yeah. of the lineup when you yeah. legitimately need to go to the hospital to get some more fluids pumped yeah. into your body. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough, but uh, you know I had good billets. They took care of me, and I uh, was able to play the next night. But that's that's something that I don't I don't want to play with again. Knock on wood. It's, Knock on wood. Yes, it's tough to move around with that thing going on. Yeah. Well, that's not what I had. So don't <laughs> fear not. Right, good, good. Uh, you will not catch that from coming on the podcast with me. And we have a table between us too. So there's there's plenty <laughs> of space. There's a barrier yeah. between us too. Um, but yeah. So those did not sound very fun. 
And what really stinks to me is that you even had to go through the travel on that one trip. It's yeah. not like you got to stay home from school sick. You went through the travel, that long bus ride, and then just didn't even get to play. Brutal. And yeah. it came out of nowhere. I played the night before and then woke up the next morning and just felt awful. Just a disaster. Yeah. Well, hopefully this does not come back. Yeah. You have The worst is behind you right now. Um, a, a great start here to your to your pro career here with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Came in last year on an ATO. Uh, played really well. Showed what you brought to the table uh, this year. It's kind of more of the same, playing that uh, responsible two-way style, winning a ton of draws for the Penguins, too. In between that ATO last year and the start of this season, uh, there was Penguins development camp, the, the rookie tournament, things like that. It seemed like you were doing a ton of interviews uh, at those events and things like that. I mean, I had to grab you for a couple intermission interviews whenever you were on an ATO with the team. Then in preseason as well, I, I know I grabbed you. A veteran now of the Coors Light intermission report, Chase <laughs> Berger, even though he's a rookie here in the league. Um, but at development camp, it seemed like everybody wanted to talk to you. Everybody wanted to talk to the Penn State guy. And you kept doing interview after interview after interview. Did it feel like you were doing a, a ton of interviews? Did you not care? Uh, I mean, not really. I think that, like you said, the the Penn State connection is is so big, especially here in uh in PA. Um, and we we get covered really well at Penn State. We have, you know, kind of reporters uh all the time, kind of at our practices and whatnot. Yeah. So I was kind of used to it, especially my last couple of years being uh, you know, a leader on the team. I think you know our coach asked us to uh you know, kind of stand up and, and take on those interviews and, and stuff like that. So uh, I don't mind it at all. It's, uh, you know, a good chance to show my personality. And, um, you know, it's always nice to, you know, feel appreciated or, you know, have someone interested in what you're doing. So, but I think a lot of that is you know, just people, uh, you know, in the in this area have strong feelings toward Penn State. And maybe there's a, there's a ton of alumni, obviously, one of the biggest alumni bases in the world. So, uh, there's always a Penn Stater around, and, um, you know, I, I think that uh, definitely attributes to why I have to do so many interviews. <laughs> did it get uh, annoying answering the same questions over and over again, or did the reporters, were they able to spice things up with different questions with all those uh, all the media availability you were hosting? Yeah, I think they spiced things up. I oh, mean, they, I didn't, that's good. Yeah, I didn't think I was answering the same question. There was a, a lot of questions about uh, whether I'd play in that preseason game at Penn State. Yeah. It's one of those things where I'm like, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I, I can't answer this question. So yeah, um, that was the only one that I was like, yeah, I, I keep getting asked. I don't, I don't know if I'm playing yeah. the game, and I didn't play in the game. I don't so. set the lineup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, other than that, it was great. That's good. And you said uh, th doing those kind of interviews gives you the chance to sort of a uh, showcase your personality. Uh, you have a great personality, very warm, welcoming, friendly uh, young man. I assume that comes from your family. Parents did an excellent job raising Chase Berger in St. Louis, Missouri, part of a really hockey family. You have three other brothers, too, don't you? Four. F four other brothers? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Four other brothers, and they all played hockey? How many played hockey? So all four did. I have two older. Um, uh -huh. My oldest brother played at Princeton. Uh, my second oldest brother uh, played club hockey at Miami, Ohio. Right. Uh, and then I have a, a younger brother right now that's at Indiana. He uh, plays club hockey. Okay. And then my youngest brother is on uh, the Omaha Lancers in USHL, and he's uh, he's committed to Penn State as well. I think the the youngest brother is the one I actually didn't know about. I knew you had the other brothers that all had played college hockey too, mm -hmm. but now there's another burger that's going to be going to Penn State yep. too. So let me ask you this. How did your family, how did your parents handle having a house full of kids that all they wanted to do was just play hockey 
And I'm sure you guys were at each other's throats too, like playing in the driveway or basement or something like that. Yeah, I think, well, my dad is like obsessed with the game. Okay. He, uh, he still plays even today, plays twice a week and his, I think he's got a torn labrum in his hip. He's had knee surgery. And he just but keeps going. He's just a keeps warrior, sticking. just keeps going out there, blocking shots out there, <laughs> doing whatever it takes. So I think, you know, he's the one who really got us into it uh, pretty young. And then, you know, it's always nice to, I think you take it for granted that you always have somebody to go play with. You know, even today, like, I'll go home for Christmas and, you know, we're all older and we'd still love to go play roller hockey and that we've got, like, a little driveway and, I know me and my youngest brother, my two younger brothers, actually, they'd bring their friends over and we'd all just kind of play in the driveway and mess around. And so it's always fun to, you know, just something to do. Yeah. And so it was so fun uh, with such a, a big household. And then obviously my mom tried to rope us in, and, <laughs> you know, make sure that we weren't killing each other. But uh, I think for the most part, it was just it was just fun to have somebody to compete and play with. And I think all of us kind of have that in our game where we're really competitive and we just love to play. You can see that competitive streak uh, for sure whenever you're on the ice. Uh, so this whole this whole hockey obsession, it started with your dad. He, he Was he playing or a hockey fan even before you guys were born? Or yeah. did he kind of pick it up when you guys did? Well, so he he was a, a kid. I think he was probably around you know, 9 or 10 when the Blues came to St. Louis. Okay. And he just he hadn't played organized hockey before that, and he just kind of fell in love with the Blues. Um, and so he started skating back then St. Louis used to be a little colder and, uh, the ice would freeze over on this little stream kind of by his house. And so, uh, him and, you know, his older brother, they would play. And then he got into high school hockey and played a little bit of like junior B kind of deal in high school. And oh, okay. he played club hockey at Mizzou as well. Uh, but he, you know, he just loves, you know, the locker room and, and playing hockey and just kind of competing and, and, yeah, once we were old enough, I had skates on at, like, two or three, just kind of ripping around. So um, he got us all into it. And then, obviously, you know, once we became of age to really know what was going on, we had to make our own choice of whether we wanted to keep playing. Uh, and, you know, all of us did because, you know, it's just so fun. It's just kind of something that uh, the whole family end up doing. Let me ask you this, Chase. Um that's something, a phrase that a lot of players have, have said to me in interviews and things like that, the phrase, when I got old enough to know what was going on, talking about sort of the big picture of hockey, obviously the dream is to play in the National Hockey League, but I think you mean like the tiers, that need, the rings of the ladder that you need to climb to even come close to achieving the National Hockey League or playing pro, playing college, all the levels you have to go to even get to that point. Um, I'm Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but I think that's what yeah. you mean. What age actually is that when that light bulb goes off and you start to realize it's not like, oh, like the St. Louis Blues are just going to call me and I'm going to show up to camp, well, which I is sort of how it is when you're a kid. Yeah, I think even for me, my mom was very uh, – you know, coming from St. Louis, there was not a ton of um, you know athletes from St. Louis going to the NHL. Now it's changed a little bit. but yeah. So my dreams weren't really even the NHL. It was just – could I maybe play in college? Okay. Because, um, you know, it just seemed like a pipe dream to ever play in the NHL from, you know, where I was from and all that. So I was just thinking, could I play in college? Um, and I think once you hit, like, your freshman year of high school, you kind of – there's so much more going on to life than hockey. You got your social life. Mm -hmm. You got your high school team. You got all this stuff. And, you know, then you realize how much, you know, discipline and sacrifice it's going to take – 
uh, to keep playing hockey at this competitive level. You know, you're out of town every weekend, so you're missing out on going to football games and social events with your friends. You're, you know, having to grind late night homework because you're at practice. You know, I had two practices a day a lot of times after I got done with school at three, so you don't get home till eight o'clock, and then you got three hours of homework. So I think that's when it really starts to pile up, and you realize that the sacrifice it's going to have to take if you want to no really push to get for me was college um and there was I think there was a time where my freshman year in between my freshman sophomore year it was just a um you know it's just hard uh you know to to balance all that um and I think I thought about maybe a couple of my my good buddies had kind of quit and they were just doing more of a uh just like a high school hockey non-travel okay um so I think that was really when the decision came uh whether hey do I want to do this or not and I'm glad I, I stuck it out uh i think a lot of people are glad that you stuck it out at this point you went on to achieve that dream of playing college hockey four years at penn state university uh when the program was still i'll say it in its infancy brand new division one program you come in you really help uh you're part of these teams that help establish the program not just as a you know okay division one program but a serious competitor team that's going to fight for a Big Ten championship every year, team that wants to be perennially involved in the national tournament conversation. And that's where we're at with the Nittany Lions after such a short period of time. You played in every single game and every season in your time with the Nittany Lions, first player in Penn State program history to do so. And now you're here in the American Hockey League. So yeah, I think things panned out for you. And a lot of people, I'm sure, are very happy with the way uh, your, your journey has gone so far. I'm sure you're pretty satisfied too, aren't you? Yeah, no, it's it's been a dream. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, just just getting to college was kind of my goal. And then, you know, once you have that mentality of you want to keep moving up, then you get to college and you, you think it's, you know, you can make the next level. And so for me, it was, you know, it was honestly the American Hockey League. I was like, I got to start there. I got to get into that league and my foot in the door. Um, and, you know, once I graduated, or I guess my senior year ended, I you know, had the opportunity here in Wilkes-Barre, and I mean, it's just such a, a top-notch organization all around that, um, for me, that was a huge part of the decision-making process. like to hear that uh, we were so high on your list, yeah. Chase. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are, like we said, uh, so happy with the way you've been able to uh, chase and achieve that dream of college hockey. The Berger family, I'm sure all eyes on you as you now venture through the professional ranks and the other Burgers playing college hockey, your youngest brother who's now going to be going to Penn State too. What is Thanksgiving like at the Burger House too? Because it is close to that time of year. It's Thanksgiving. People got the, the decorations up. They're trying to prepare their, their meals and things like that with five hockey-playing kids and a hockey-crazed dad who, like you said, is not taking his foot off the gas at all. What is Thanksgiving like at the Burger House? Well, I wouldn't know. Uh, we talked about sacrifice. I haven't been home for Thanksgiving in eight years. That's a good point. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was playing junior for two years after high school, and then obviously all four years at uh, at school we had games and stuff. So, um, you know, what it used to be like, uh, yeah. there'd be neighborhood parties kind of throughout the day, and then, uh, you know, all my all my brothers and, and my parents, we'd go to my grandparents' house, and my grandma is an unbelievable uh chef so she'd make up a, a big old mess of turkey ham the whole whole shebang um and then also uh they get some some games going there's a ping pong tournament a darts oh. tournament yeah the uh the whole family takes part in so that's that's pretty fun but like i said uh you know 
my Thanksgivings have been a little different. Yeah. I uh, usually spent with the team or uh, a couple times I went home to, uh, I went to my buddy's house in Philly. Uh, so that was a blast. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that that's kind of the hard part, but we do a lot of the same stuff at Christmas, so I don't miss too much. Oh, you don't miss too much? There's still the, the ping pong tournaments and the, yeah, the darts yeah. tournaments at Christmas yeah. time? I call Thanksgiving just kind of the, the tune-up. Oh, okay. Christmas is, you know, the Stanley Cup of, of all that stuff. That's just, you know, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't Consolation matter. prize. Consolation prize Thanksgiving. Yeah, Christmas exactly. is where it counts. Exactly. So who is the reigning champion? <sighs> Actually, I won like four years in a row. My ping pong game is pretty good, but uh, no big deal. I think I lost last year. To, uh, Upset. Know, I think my brother Scotty. Yeah, so uh, that was that was tough, but we play a ton of ping pong at Penn State. Our coach is really into it, so really, I had uh, I think I had the most practice going in each year too. Yeah, to to keep that streak going. Yeah, but you were upset last year. Yeah, tough one. I don't even remember what happened, but I, <laughs> I, I well, my <laughs> last year, my last year of college, I didn't play as much ping pong, and I think it caught up to me. That's tough. That's a yeah. story that you just hate to hear. <laughs> a dynasty going down yeah, oh well. in its prime. But, hey, you have a chance to, to reclaim the title this year. Are yep. you coming in with a purpose now? Yeah, you know, i got to get on my game a little bit, to be honest. But, uh, I've been playing a little bit here. Blender's really good. Laughs is good when he's down here. Uh, so, you know, i got to start playing a little bit more to make sure. I'm, you know, those guys aren't that good, uh, my brothers. They're not as good as, you know, the competition here. So, okay. hopefully, if I can uh, get my game back, it won't be a huge issue. There you go. You're going to have to jump in some games because the Christmas tournament sounds like a big deal, Chase. Oh, it is. It sounds like a big deal. You keep hyping it up. Are there, like, brackets? How official is this? Yeah, so I think think what we do is we take the – the rankings from last year, like the seedings. So okay. Like Scotty, this year will be the one seed. I'll be the two since I got second place, and um, you know then that will be the the bracket. So one plays eight kind of seed for this year, and then you know my grandfather always has. He made a trophy, and uh, I think he's got a cash prize of like a hundred bucks. To the what? Winner, so, yeah, At the family. Yeah, cash in the pocket. Ping pong tournament. What's yeah. the trophy? The trophy is actually. Uh, he couldn't find a ping pong guy. Okay. So it's like a rifle, like a like a shooting, uh, yeah, shooting the duck kind of deal yeah. trophy. But it's pretty big. He's got the winner from each year on it. Uh, so it's cool. Every yeah. So I think my name's on there what five six times. Who's counting? <laughs> yeah, no, but, no, uh, no one's counting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, maybe a seventh this time. Are there any food specialties that take place at a burger Thanksgiving or or Christmas? Something that. Uh, is maybe unique to your family or something that you know you absolutely cannot do without at any of those family events? Um, I think sweet potatoes. We like a little sweet potato mash going Sweet in potato there. mash. Yeah. Uh, pumpkin pie. I don't think either of those are regular, but I think those are a couple favorites. Uh, my grandma home makes some uh, whipped cream throw on top. So uh, now I really wish I was going home thinking about it. Oh, but, uh, oh no. Uh, You'll just have to make them for the boys Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, I don't know if I'm making anything. Hopefully, we're we're uh, you know buying that because I don't think <laughs> any of us can cook. So, uh, but yeah, no, uh, definitely pumpkin pie and uh, sweet potatoes. Definitely pumpkin pie and sweet potatoes. No special like regional St. Louis dish makes it into the mix. Not really. Just okay. Ham, turkey. I mentioned I bring up a specific regional to St. Louis uh, food because there was a bit of a controversy online this past summer. And now when I think of St. Louis food, I don't think of barbecue anymore. Really? I, th- I think of this, Chase. Are you familiar with the St. Louis bagels debacle? 
I don't think it's a debacle. Oh, yeah. so you know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, yeah Bredco. Bredco. So explain to people what, what the St. Louis bagels, what's happening here. So you guys call Panera, and I call Panera now since I've been away from home, but uh, Panera started in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So in St. Louis, it's not called Panera. It's called the St. Louis Bread Company. And what they do, which I guess they don't do at Panera, I don't, know. I don't even know that was. A I thing. don't think they do this anywhere on Earth, other than. But Saint you Lewis. just, uh, you you can slice your bagel normal, like slice in half. So when we say normal, we mean like okay, so you have the top and bottom of yeah. the bagel, and you go through the middle, yeah, through the exactly. prime meridian. Yeah. Oh no, I should say equator uh-huh. of the bagel. Yeah. Or you could do it St. Louis style. So it's, uh, I think it's just called uh, bagel slice, what they call it there, but it's really good. It's just. Yeah, you slice it and like so, they're little strips, like strips of the bagel. So it's like you're slicing it like bread. Yeah, but it's a bagel. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty good. I mean, (laughs) it's it seems weird, but I. It's very weird. I'm sorry. I mean, I think what's good about it is every single piece has part of the middle in it, and you know, part of the instead of just like three really good bites in the middle of the bagel. Okay. You kind of spread out the. the deliciousness of it, I guess I should Spread say. out through every slice. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was going to ask you if you were going to defend the St. Louis bagels, and you are. You were ahead of me. You were right on top of it. Yeah, I don't even You said it's not about – because people caught on to this. I think it was Twitter. Yeah. Someone posted a picture, like, someone got bagels for the office, yeah. and they were cut like that. Yeah. And people who were not familiar with how they do things at St. Louis Bread Co., myself included, were like, what in the world mm-hmm. – is this bagel cutting system? What have they done? And we find out it's a regional thing. Maybe I'll have to uh, put in a special request to see if it's if it's up to the hype. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm just afraid of. It's new not going to make the bagel any like better. But you just it, said it does. You get a little bit. You get well, it spread I mean, out. The, maybe if you get a. I mean, but if you take a, the best bite is the middle bite of the bagel. So I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe like you're going to have more decent bites, I guess, but. I also think it's a way if you don't want to eat the whole bagel, you can just have a couple slices. Like it's easier to split that way uh, with a couple people. So I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal. <laughs> I think this is so weird because people freaked out. On yeah, the I know. I remember that. That was yeah. weird. Did you feel attacked no, whenever you saw all. people freaking I didn't out about care. it? I was like, people are morons on Twitter <laughs> anyway. So they're morons to begin with. Yeah, anyone who gets that upset over Twitter is, you know, gets that not, upset over yeah, bagels. It's not that big of a deal. Come on. Oh my bagel. goodness, it's just a bagel. Well, I'm gonna have to try this system now because you have, you've pumped it up. You've you've made it sound <laughs> like it's at least at least an option. Something something yeah, to it's throw not a crazy. little vary in there. It's not crazy. That's all. It looks crazy, uh-huh. but perhaps there is some method to the badness, yeah. and that is why Panera has become as big as it has. Started yeah. in St. Louis and there you go. slicing bagels different ways. That's how you rise to the top. <laughs> yeah, Thinking I... outside the box, yeah. Chase. Yeah, exactly. Oh well, we've we've discussed Thanksgiving. We've discussed Christmas. We've discussed bagels. Now I want to get to another uh, a seasonal thing here is Black Friday. Are you a Black Friday guy? Black Friday shopper? Black Friday madman? No, I'm not. not at no. All. Neither am I. Yeah. I don't understand the obsession. It kind of ruins Thanksgiving for me. It ruins it for you? Well, just seeing the new stories about. of people getting trampled on and stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, that's weird too. But <laughs> Black Friday doesn't even start on Friday anymore. A lot of times... The stores will start it on Thanksgiving, so people are so worried about, you know, shopping for Christmas and whatnot. And I got to get a deal. deal on this microwave. Yeah, that they're not enjoying the holiday they have, you know, in the moment. So I, I don't know. I just think it's a little bit crazy. Um, you know, I, I get there's some good deals going on, but uh, you know, for me, I'm more worried about Thanksgiving and and hanging out with, 
you know, people I love and stuff like that. And then if I can get a sweet TV for like 50 bucks off, great. The next day, great. I'm not going to plan my day around it or, or lose my Thanksgiving about it. There are people that camp out for this. Yeah, they I will know. forego the holiday yeah. to just pitch a tent outside yeah. of a Walmart or a, I don't know, a TJ Maxx. Can't I don't know. Risk their life doing it. Re- legitimately. Yeah. It's bananas. We've talked about Black Friday before on the podcast in, in, in years past, but I, I still to this day just can't wrap my mind around how crazy people go for it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's super weird, and you are against it. I, Not mean, ag- I shouldn't say against yeah. the deals. You you just think, well, what's the big deal? You throw up your hands and say, why aren't we just enjoying Thanksgiving? Yeah, I just I'm not gonna you know plan around going to save an extra fifty bucks for the TV or whatever. Like, yeah. Plus, you, you know. can buy everything online. Yeah, Cyber anyway. Monday. Do Cyber Monday. Do Cyber Monday. Yeah, That's the go. way to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's my take on it. Cyber Monday, or just don't commit manslaughter when yeah. you go out and shop yeah. on Black Jeez. Friday. Can't do that. Yeah, hang out with friends, family on yeah. Thursday, shop safely on Friday, yeah. and then just put on some sweatpants and do some Cyber Monday. <laughs> and then you're set. You're set yeah. for Christmas. Exactly. What is the most difficult part about Christmas shopping for you, holiday shopping in general? <sighs> I struggle with it, be- it, mostly because I'm a procrastinator. I, I won't take advantage of Black Friday, Cyber Monday. No. I'll wait until, like, December 23rd and be like, oh, what does everyone want? Yeah, I'm a procrastinator as well, but also – I think me and my brothers have a good system where we don't buy each other gifts. Oh. We just we'll all team up and, and get a good one for my parents, like okay. each one. So I think, you know, we just kind of all talk about it a little bit. And then usually someone's got a good idea. So usually I don't even have to do that much shopping. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, yeah, it's definitely some procrastination stuff. But. It always works out in the end. The, the siblings can help out big time yeah. at this time of year. So let's let's go through all the brothers right now that are tag teaming this this Christmas shopping effort, and of course are all playing college hockey too. So let's go. We have Chase Berger yourself. Yeah. We have Scotty, who you already mentioned. Uh-huh. Who else do we have here? Uh, oldest one's Jack. Jack. Uh, second oldest is Jimmy. Jimmy. Youngest is Christian. Youngest is Christian. Yeah. Okay. So those are the five burgers who all try and come together and come up with different present ideas. I have my two sisters do the same thing, too. We've adopted yeah. this a similar strategy here uh-huh. when it comes to um, uh, shopping for the parents or just like, hey, we're going to get one big gift yeah. or something like that. My sisters, Megan and Julianne. But I like the strategy only because it takes a lot of the heat off of me. Yeah, there you go. Like, they come up with the ideas, and I just go, great, thumbs up. Well, girls, too, I think, are a little better. Well, they're just on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so when you got four. I'm sure they already have plans. Yeah, when you got five boys, it ain't ain't working like that. No, it's not. No, 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 it's more like, oh. When does the group text come together? Well, we have just a group text in general, but, you know, I, I don't think we'll really start kicking Christmas ideas until someone's like, hey, when are we getting home for Christmas? Maybe, like, the 10th, 15th, like, hey, we got to get something for mom and dad here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we always give them a good gift, and, uh, you know, they know we love them, so. Have you ever bought them any movies? Like, uh, picked up a DVD or a Blu-ray, just like, oh, I know dad or mom really likes this movie? Now, do people still do that? Yeah, they, some people might. I don't know. I feel like you just get the, you can get the movie on Netflix or, you know, maybe buy it on Amazon for, like, four bucks. We don't do that. Cyber Monday. Yeah, well, like, I don't know. I feel like DVDs are a little, like, once you watch the movie, the DVDs kind of overrated. What if you want to watch it again? Yeah, I don't know. You know, to each their own. But for me, uh, no, we're not, it's we're, not on your shopping no, list. No, we're not getting DVDs of uh, of movies. But 
uh, we usually watch a movie each Christmas night. Like, we'll watch a movie, but we'll just, like, rent a movie online or, like, online, yeah. All right. Well, we might have some recommendations for you here, Chase, right. to to watch on, on Christmas here okay. with your family. Okay. We're going to move on now to a recurring segment here on the Wilkesbury Scranton and Penguins podcast. It is catching fire around the Penguins podcast fan base, sweeping the nation. Chase, you are now our next contestant on Lights, Camera, Fiction. Okay. Lights, Camera, Okay, Chase, what we do here on Lights, Camera, Fiction is very simple. We're going to go through a bunch of bad movies. Terrible, awful, irredeemable garbage movies. I'm going to read you the title to a movie, but then I'm going to read you two different plots. These are all real movies, but only one of the plots is real. Okay? The other plot will have been made up by one of your teammates. I got them together at the start of the season or after their own podcast appearances to give me fake movie plots to fake you out. Okay. So I'm going to read you a movie title, then the year of the movie, and the two different plots, and you have to tell me which plot is real and which plot is some BS that your teammate came up with. Do you follow me? I got you. You got me? All right. Well, Chase Berger, let's see how you do on Lights, Camera, Fiction. Our first movie, Chase, is a little ditty called Over the Top. Over the Top. This one came out in 1987. Over the Top is the movie about a long-distance trucker tries to win back the affections of his estranged son by entering a championship arm wrestling tournament. Or is Over the Top when the assistant of a wealthy businessman gets a lucrative offer from a competing firm, she pits the two companies against one another for more leverage until she eventually stands alone and outwits them all. Say the second one there. The second one. So over the top, we have the arm wrestling tournament with the trucker, and then we have the assistant of a wealthy businessman ends up on top. The assistant of the wealthy businessman. That's what you're going with? Yeah. Well, Chase Berger, to start off Lights Camera Fiction, you are... Incorrect. Okay. That was Casper Bjorkvist who okay. came up with that plot for Over the Top. The real movie is the long-distance trucker who gets into an arm wrestling okay. tournament. It's going to be one of these. I, I know. All right. Okay. But that's only one. Okay. No, no, we still no, have no. A few I more see how this is going. Okay. The, the crazy one's going to be right. Oh, oh buddy. There's going to be some crazy All ones right, in we'll here see. regardless. Yeah, yeah, okay. Next movie is called Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Captain Corelli's Mandolin. This came out in 2001. Captain Corelli's Mandolin. After misunderstanding his captain, a sailor spends his time searching a deserted island for mandarin oranges instead of a precious artifact. Okay. Okay. Captain Corelli's Mandolin. While her fiancé is off fighting in World War II, a Greek woman falls in love with an Italian military leader while his army occupies her town. That one. Captain Corelli's Mandolin. So you're going with a uh, woman who falls in love with Italian military leader? Yeah. Why? Uh, the first one just seems so easy to make up about that, that uh, whatever, Mandarin oranges looking for, like what? <laughs> second one's right. <laughs> All right. Well, Chase Berger, you are correct. Right. You have responded from yeah. going down oh, yeah, 0 yeah. to 1 to now yeah. 1 and 1. Joseph Cramarosa could not fool you with... The deserted island of Mandarin oranges. Brutal from 
grammar. <laughs> He's actually done very Typical. well at fooling people this Typical. season. Yeah, don't tell him that. Okay. He, he hasn't found out yet. No yeah. one's told him. But you can let him know that this I'll let him know did not fool me. you. No, I didn't give me. Mandarin oranges. Anyway, we're on to another one now, Chase. This is called Monkey Shines. Monkey Shines. This movie came out in 1988. Monkey Shines. First plot. An athlete whose career is cut short by an accident bonds with a trained emotional support monkey who goes into a jealous rage against anyone emotionally involved in the athlete's life. So we have an athlete with an emotional support monkey that goes into a jealous rage. Or, monkey shines, in this satire of the movie industry, a monkey rises to fame and wins an Oscar for his performance in a dramatic role starring alongside Jean-Claude Van Damme. Second, uh, first one, first one. First one's correct. Athlete whose career is cut short. Yeah. You are correct. That is Monkey Shines with the evil monkey. Evil emotional support monkey. Andrew Agazino tried to get you with nope. Jean-Claude Van Damme's mm, monkey. Not today. Did not, not today. So you figured it out now. Yeah, I, I can see the confidence building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think he can keep it going now? We'll see. We'll see now that we have reached the shadow. The Shadow is our next movie, Chase. This came out in 1994. The Shadow. Okay. A drug kingpin has a change of heart and tries to right his wrongs by becoming a superhero equipped with a talking knife and the power to turn into a shadow. That one's right. Well, you got to hear the second okay. one first. Yeah. The Shadow. In small town Nebraska, where nothing happens, a creepy creature begins stalking a teenage girl. When no one believes her, she tries to unveil the truth before the whole town is covered in its shadow. First one's right. First one's right. You're going with superhero talking knife talking turns knife. into a shadow. Talking knife is trying to fool me thinking it's fake. So that's correct. So that's correct. You yeah. think because it's fake, yes. it is correct. Yes. Chase Berger, you've got a nose for this, my friend. That is a real movie, <laughs> The Shadow. I believe it was one of the Baldwins. One All of the right. Baldwins was The Shadow who... Sold drugs and now decides to turn into a shadow and has a talking knife. It is bananas. Kevin Churchman tried to get oh, you a small church. town Nebraska. Yeah. You're cruising along now. What is that? Is that is that four in a row now? Uh, you missed the first one. Hold oh, on. Me now. Oh, no. I just want to make sure we yeah. have the stats correct. Yeah. You've got uh, three in a row. Pardon me. We can make it four in a row potentially here with double impact. Right. Double impact. Oh, having trouble getting it out of the envelope. <laughs> the drama builds. 1991, double impact. Twin brothers who were separated at birth are reunited to get revenge on the man who killed their parents and stole their fortune. That one's wrong, but let's hear the second one. Second plot. An alien crash lands on Earth and tries to fit in with human society. Things are going well until his clumsy younger brother also crashes his ship on a rescue mission and they both are stuck on Earth together. That one's right. You think the alien that crash lands on Earth yeah. is right? Yeah. The streak is over, Chase. <sighs> P.O. Joseph gets you on double impact. The real movie is twin brothers separated at birth reunite to get revenge on the man who killed their parents. God, I think that one... Yeah, that one deviated from the norm on. It, it did. You thought you found the pattern. Yeah. I and then it, it throws you those. off. P.O. Joseph comes in and capitalizes. It's like, it's like two truths and one lie. The mm -hmm. lie is always something totally normal. And the truths are. The truths are the ones that are that are totally off the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's like, oh, I'm left-handed and, you know, I am a bajillionaire and, 
uh, he invented Apple. Well, the, the the two craziest ones are the truth. Did we just play two truths and a lie with Steve Jobs? <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> he might have been left-handed too, actually. Could have been. He know. could have been. I'm not wasting the time to look it up. Yeah, right. Instead, we're going to continue with Lights, Camera, Fiction. A chance to get back in the win column here, Chase, with Johnny Mnemonic. Okay. Johnny Mnemonic. This movie came out in 1995. 95, Johnny Mnemonic. The jig is up for a card-counting casino hustler who now must outwit a gang of casino thugs in order to escape their capture. Johnny Mnemonic. Second plot. Keanu Reeves carries the data for the cure to a worldwide plague on a computer chip inside his brain. He must dodge a corrupt government and various gangs to deliver the cure into the right hands. First one. The first one is the real Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, yeah. Card, card counter who yeah. has to outwit a gang of casino thugs. Yeah. You're wrong again, Chase. I'm Dang so it. sorry, buddy. Sam Lafferty fools you with Johnny Mnemonic. The real movie is Keanu Reeves carries the data for a plague, a cure to a plague inside of his brain. Well, I got cocky. You did. Well, <laughs> you were on a run. It's understandable. You were, th- you were, uh, you had three in a row, but now I think we're, we're tied at three for three yeah. right now with two left. I thought it'd be easy to just fake a Keanu Reeves. Like, that'd be something. Oh, like, yeah, well, Keanu Reeves was in this bad yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. he actually was in that bad movie. Oh, man. I know. So All right. We'll, we'll battle back here. We'll battle back here. That's what it's all about. Finishing yeah. strong yeah. here on Lights, Camera, Fiction. Chase, the next movie is called The Sixth Day, and it came out in 2000. It's not the fifth day. It is not the seventh day. The sixth day. With me? Yep, that's math. Okay, that is math. (laughs) First plot. A helicopter pilot survives a deadly crash only to discover that he's been cloned and that there is a worldwide conspiracy with an army of clones trying to take over the world. The sixth day. Next. This animated retelling takes a number of creative liberties while portraying the siege of Yorktown during the U.S. Revolutionary War. The sixth day. No way one of the boys came up with that second answer. So I The think Siege that's of correct. Yorktown? I think that's correct, yeah. If so, whoever made that is impressive because they use some big vocab words. They use some big vocab words. Well, Mr. Penn State grad, you're gonna have to give a nod to the University of New Hampshire because Casey DeSmith, DeSmith? came up with the Siege of Yorktown during the US Revolutionary War for the sixth day. The real movie is helicopter pilot survives a deadly crash and discovers that he's been cloned. You know what? That one is an insane plot, so I should have gone with my original theory, saying the crazy one is... is the right. longer you play the game, the, the harder it is to actually traverse really what's real and what's not. I really the boys were that smart, but good for them. They'll surprise you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. They will. I'm the dumb one, it looks like. <laughs> oh, you're not so dumb. You have a chance to get back to 500 yeah, here, Chase, with the grand finale. And, of course... We had to theme it here, okay. given that this is our last episode of the podcast before Thanksgiving. This is Thanks Killing. The movie is called Thanks Killing. It came out in 2009. Thanks Killing. A company Thanksgiving retreat takes a turn for the worse when employees start disappearing and turn up dead. Coworkers and friends become enemies as the survivors search for the killer. Thanks Killing. Okay. Or... College students on Thanksgiving break are terrorized by a crazed, axe-wielding turkey. Thanks, killing. I'm going with my original theory. 
the axe killing turkeys right. So axe killing turkeys right because it is right. the crazier plot. Yeah, I'm saying that one. That's right. Chase Berger, and the final round of Lights Camera Fiction, with a chance to redeem yourself right at the end. You have chosen correctly. Uh, that is uh, the real uh, plot to Thanks Killing. <laughs> a wild, murderous, axe-wielding turkey takes out some college kids. Uh, Jake Lucchini came up with the company retreats where employees start turning up dead, but he could not find a way to fool you. Chase Berger, strong finish on Lights, Camera, Fiction. How did you feel about that? How did you feel about your showing? I got really cocky after a couple wins there. Um, and then I think I I deviated from, from what, what it was doing well as the crazier plots were winning. I started getting into the vocab and who could really You started this. overthinking it. Yep. That's exactly what happened, but, you know, glad I could end in the win column. You, you do. You end up with yeah. a big W on thanks yeah. killing. Uh, I heard the other day that uh, you and Kimmer went to the movies. Yeah. Yeah, what did you guys see? Did you see anything that could fit in Lights, Camera, Fiction? No. It was no. a phenomenal movie. What did you see? Ford versus Ferrari. Was that good? Fantastic film. Really? Yeah, really good. I keep seeing the promos for it. keep seeing the commercials for it. Obviously, the actor is strong. Anything Christian Bale's in automatically is starting like it's probably going to be pretty That's good. That's why I saw it. But because I keep seeing so many commercials, I started getting like cynical like, oh, the machine's behind this movie. It's probably not that good. Your review is it's phenomenal. You know, I agree. I started seeing too many previews, and I didn't want to ruin the movie. Yeah. So I just stopped watching them. Okay. Fantastic film. One of the best movies I've seen in theaters. Wow. Yeah. Usually I go to theaters. I'm a little disappointed. Really? Yeah. How are you disappointed? Well, I just in the feel movie like the or hype. the experience? Yeah, the hype. The the movie. You know, a lot of times if if, if I'm going to the movies, I think the movie's going to be really really good. So a lot of times it's a letdown because you know I can just wait for it to come out on demand or something. Yeah, exactly. But if and if you go to the movies, you, to the you movies, have a purpose. I'm, I'm expecting a very good film, and this one lived up. This one lived better up. better than I expected. Even better than you expected. Yeah. And this movie had some hype going into yeah. it too. I'm gonna yeah. have to check it out. You I should. really want to go see Doctor Sleep. Uh, the Shining sequel. Yeah, a couple of the boys just saw that. Yeah, what did they say? Uh, mixed reviews. Mixed reviews? Yeah. How many of them had actually seen The Shining? That I didn't ask. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a horror movie guy, so I just I kind of tuned it out. Yeah, I want to see Doctor Sleep, and now apparently I have to add uh, Ford versus yeah, Ferrari in really there too. Good. Christian Bale's the man. Yeah, oh yeah. He's Big got guy. it figured out. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, when we actually did um, the over-under segment with you for Breakaway, our game program, you told us that seeing movies in theaters was underrated. You're a big proponent of going to, to see the movie with the big screen. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I only go when it's going to be a real good movie, I think. But uh, I love I love doing it. Love doing it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the exact same way. I have to get, like, a thing of popcorn. Have to get oh, – I guess I don't have to get, like, a drink or a soda. I could always <laughs> just come in with a water or something. Yeah, but go. have to get popcorn. It's mandatory. Yeah. And I always do think – even if it's a movie that I'm, like – oh, this might be good, like I'm indifferent towards, yeah. but I haven't seen a movie in a while. I'm like, oh, I'll give it a chance on the big screen. Yeah. Get that experience. Sometimes it pays off, too. You you find some gems. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's just – I also love just going to see the previews are really good. Yeah, beforehand. beforehand, you're yeah. a big I have to see the trailers guy. Yeah, well, I mean – I once It's I'm part of the there, experience. It is, and the movie always starts like 30 minutes late, so, I mean, you're already in there for them, so you're watching them. They're good. They're really good. I started like showing up to movies late, late meaning like oh I can miss the previews. Yeah. Whenever I do get there early, I do feel like strangely more fulfilled. 
that I got to sit through like oh, four or great. five trailers. Yeah, they're great. Because sometimes it'll be like, oh, that looks really good. I have to see that. Or other yeah. times it'll be like, oh, this looks like garbage. This might end up in Lights Camera Fiction one day. Mm. They get me very excited. Yeah, I think that new... One way or another, they get yeah. me excited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That new Jumanji might end up on Lights Camera Fiction. You don't think the new Jumanji looks good? No, Did you like the first Jumanji? The I, first new Jumanji? No, I didn't see the first new Jumanji, so I could be wrong. But I, it looked a little goofy to me. I thought the same thing. When they yeah. were like, oh, we're rebooting Jumanji, yeah. but it's also not a board game. It's a video game. I was like, you idiots. I heard the first one's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. They they did an excellent job with it. And yeah. The Rock's the man. I know. Because I, he's The Rock. Yeah, I don't like The Rock. but you, What do you mean you don't like The Rock? I don't know. I just I think he's a bad actor. Yeah. Chase. I don't think he's good at acting. Chase. Yeah, I'm sorry. Who needs to act when you have charisma? I saw him rip a car in half in uh, the Need for Speed 8 or whatever. I'm that like, sounds awesome. No, the Fast and Furious. No, that ain't me. Yeah. Oh, the Fast and Furious movies are great. Uh, they are They are pure lights, camera, fiction fodder. Yeah. But everyone knows Fast and Furious now, so you can't actually throw yeah, them in true, here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They start off, what, they're like stealing DVDs? They're like bootlegging DVDs in street racing. Now they are superheroes. Yeah. They are legitimate superheroes. In Hobbs and Shaw, the new one, the spinoff, mm -hmm. The Rock pulls a helicopter out of the sky on a yeah. chain. That's why I don't like it's, it. No, it's incredible. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? It's awesome. The whole, every Fast and Furious yeah. movie from start to finish, you're just like, what in the world is happening? Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> well, to each their own. To each their own. You're not... A Fast and Furious guy. No, I am a Fast and Furious. I like Furious the original guy. one. That was good. The first one, they're actually like bootlegging DVDs. I, think I saw Tokyo Drift. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that was a good one too. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it is not about speed racing anymore. No, drag racing. It is about saving the planet. The stakes could not be higher. <laughs> I love <Yep>. it. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, not my cup of tea, but. Well, speaking of saving the planet, that actually provides an unintentionally very good segue into another recurring segment here on the Wilkes-Barre Creative Penguins podcast. Chase, what we always do here is we like to have our previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. So they don't know who they're asking this question for, but it can be about anything in the world, uh, not just about hockey. In fact, it's encouraged not to be about hockey, but nothing is off limits here. Chase... Are you ready for me to pop the question? Well, that's a little weird, but yeah. <laughs> Chase, if the Earth was to become extinct or completely uninhabitable, do you think there will come a day where that is the case, and what will be the cause? The oh. Earth becomes completely uninhabitable Man, this by is any life form, not just humans, humanity. There will be no more life on Earth. Will that happen? And what will be the cause? This is like a political question. There's a lot of things. It's a science question. Like, what do you know about meteors and things like that? Yeah, like, I feel like I'm being asked if I believe in global warming. <laughs> I don't want to get into those topics. So I'm going to say an alien's going to come down. Whoa, alien yeah, annihilation. I do, I do believe in aliens. So I think, uh, I think maybe, uh, you know, I think we got a bunch of smart people in this world. So we're going to figure out a way to make sure we get the resources we need and reserve that stuff. But I do think maybe one of these alien planets is going to come here and uh, rip us apart. If, if we go down, I think that's how it's going. But so, uh, I think we can figure out the rest. So Independence Day, but we lose. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. If, if it's going to happen. I if think it's going to happen, it's going to be alien annihilation. They got too much faith in uh, us figuring out the rest. You have too much faith in the 
the human scientists to figure out how to preserve life long enough. Yeah, we'll adapt. But whenever the war starts with the extraterrestrials, yeah, we'll, we'll it's game over. Shot. Yeah, it'll be like the Transformers coming down. You can't stop them. No, we're, we're powerless. No, well, we have the rock. Yeah, yeah, the rock. Yeah, we got the rock. <laughs> That's our only <laughs> He'll hope. He'll rip a helicopter out of the sky. <laughs> He'll rip a spaceship out of yeah. the sky. You said you believe in aliens? Yeah, 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 I think so. Just like, oh, there is probably life yeah. out there, or like you've yeah. seen a UFO no, and it no. changed your life. No, the universe is just so big, so vast. Yeah, the galaxy. I yeah. don't, I don't really remember which ones are which. Are we in the? We're. The, we have our own Milky galaxy, the but Milky the universe way. is everything. Yeah. Okay. I probably sounded dumb on that. So no, you well, didn't. Maybe cut that. But the no. universe so humongous, big. Yeah. We're so tiny, small. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So many stars. So many stars. It's all life. It's limitless. Yep. The cosmos. Yep. So yeah, there probably is other life out there. I'm in the same boat as you, just because there's so much vast emptiness that is left unexplored. Mm -hmm. It could be on a planet that is legitimately one million years away. Like it would take you one million years to get from here to there, but there might be just people living there. Or just squid things. I agree. Like, yeah, it's just that's, that's limitless. It's crazy. infinite. It's crazy to me. Yeah. And whenever they show up here, they're going to take out the Earth. Yeah, yeah. That, that could happen, too. Yeah. Well, well, we'll stay on the more positive note. Yeah, just yeah. The, the, the promise of the unknown. Yeah, a dark question. Yeah, it, it really was. Yeah, jeez. Are you interested in who left you that question? It was a luch. It was Jake yeah. Lucini. I know you grabbed him beforehand. <laughs> I know we had we had to rope him in. We had to stand and yeah. wait before recording the podcast for Jake yeah. Lucini. I'm starving. The guy freaking made me wait. <laughs> well, I will not make you wait any longer, <laughs> so you could go out and get some food. But there is one last little piece of house cleaning that we have to do before we wrap things up here on the Penguins podcast. It is the last thing that we do for every episode. Chase, this is something that we call Pens Picks. Pens Picks. Chase, this is the part in every episode where I like to ask my guest for a recommendation for the fans. It can be anything in the world, something we could have talked about on this episode, just something that you're really into lately. We've had guys pump the tires on movies, TV shows. We've even had guys give just getting a good night's sleep as a pen's pick. Really, the options, much like the universe, are vast and infinite. What is your pen's pick? Well, I think the easy ones to go see that Ford versus Ferrari movie. We talked about it. Yes, it is. That's an easy Pens pick to make. Um, but I'll spice it up a little Ooh, bit. Ooh, let's get spicy. Yeah. Um, I think I think my advice is Steve's been feeding us that kombucha. Okay, yeah, Chef Steve. I, I like that stuff. Have you not had kombucha before I you experienced kombucha Chef Steve? I had kombucha before I, we started getting it here, and I think it's a good little thing in the morning. So, you know, if you haven't had one, maybe give it a try. Give uh, kombucha a try. Yeah. Uh, Chef Steve also introduced me to kombucha pretty good. Uh, last year. It It is like sort of like something you have to like acquire a taste mm -hmm. for. You need to have probably a, a glass, maybe even half a glass before you actually adjust because what it's fermented root yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like you need to adjust your, your palate to it. But once you do, you get some good kombucha. It's, it's delicious. It's awesome. It's good yeah. for you. So Chase Berger gives a pen's pick to uh, Ford versus Ferrari and kombucha yep. find it at your local retailer um i won't go quite as far as kombucha but i will also go for a drink for my pens pick i'm giving my pens pick to tea just straight up tea chase 
this tea right here in front of me has helped me muscle through this entire episode of the Penguins podcast. I don't think I coughed once. No. I've been hacking up along all morning. This tea, I wow. salute you. So, Pens fans, my Pens pick is tea. Just a warm glass of tea <laughs> with a little bit of honey. Can't beat it. Need a little pick-me-up or you're feeling a little bit uh, under the weather like I am? Just get some tea. Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. That'll wrap things up here on the Penguins podcast. The official conclusion to this episode. I must thank Chase Berger for being my guest today. Chase, thank you so much for joining me. Really, it's it's super appreciated that you took the time out of your afternoon to come here and talk to me and uh, let the fans uh, hear what you have to say. Oh, it was awesome. Thanks for having me. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back again in two weeks with another episode of the Wilkes-Barre's Grant and Penguins podcast. Chase, I'll need a question from you for the next guest that we have here that will be after Thanksgiving. So to all of you listening out there, not only thank you for listening to this episode, but have a very happy and safe Thanksgiving. And if you are going to shop on Black Friday, be safe out there too. They're the crazies on the loose. But yes, thank you for listening. We'll see you again in two weeks. Oh, real quick. A little addendum at the end of the episode here, uh, Penguins podcast fans. After we recorded this episode with Chase this week, uh, it came out later that afternoon that Joseph Cramarosa had been traded by the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for Graham Knott uh, from the Rockford Icehogs. So Graham Knott is now here with the Wilkes-Barre Great to Penguins, but Joseph Cramarosa no longer a member of of the black and gold. We talked about Joseph Cramarosa earlier with his submission on Lights Camera Fiction, and we discussed his success previously when it came to tricking his teammates with some of the fake plots that he made up for our fun little game here on the podcast. And while it's sad to see Joseph Cramarosa go, I think it would be perhaps unfair, maybe even a disservice to his legacy here as a Penguin to omit his remaining submissions to Lights Camera Fiction. So at this time, if you'll indulge, ladies and gentlemen, I will read you the remaining three plots that Joseph Cramarosa gave us to bad movies here um, on Lights Camera Fiction. Once again, these are three real movies. I will read you the real plot first and then what Joseph Cramarosa came up with just because I think some of these just need to be out there and, and heard by you. These were the three unused Joseph Cramarosa plots that we obviously will not use moving forward this season as we play Lights, Camera, Fiction with our upcoming guests as the season rolls on. But now a little peek behind the curtain. You fans out there can hear what Joseph Cramarosa came up with. Uh, one of the movies was Jack Frost. This was a favorite of mine when I was a kid. And then as I grew up, I realized this movie was a little bit strange and maybe even twisted in a way. This movie came out in 1999. Um, it starred Michael Keaton. The movie was about a magic harmonica brings Charlie's dead father back to life as a snowman that he built in his front yard. That's the real movie. But when I asked Joseph Cramarosa to came up with a plot for Jack Frost, he said, Jack, played by John Cusack, is a drunk who runs home from the bar without any shoes on a cold, wintry night. When he goes to the hospital to treat his frostbitten feet, he meets the love of his life. That was Joseph Cramarosa's plot to Jack Frost. Another movie that we didn't get to was Body Parts, 1991 horror movie. Body Parts is actually about uh, after a near-fatal accident, a psychologist undergoes experimental surgery 
to replace his arm with one that once belonged to a murderer. You can see how that could go wrong in the context of the real movie. Joseph Cramarosa, for body parts, he said, a serial killer begins removing the limbs from his many victims in an attempt to create a new species of superhuman. A bit macabre and grotesque from Joseph Cramarosa there, but I could see how that could easily fool uh, one of his teammates when compared to the other grim plot for body parts. And then lastly, Miami Connection. This movie came out in 1987. The real movie, as crazy as this sounds, is about um, a rock and roll band must use their karate skills to defeat a group of biker ninjas that have overrun the city. Rock and roll karate skills, biker ninjas. That's pretty crazy. Well, Joseph Cramarosa, when asked to give a plot to Miami Connection, gave us Dan Marino and Hulk Hogan meet at a bar in downtown Miami and become best friends despite their differences. Oh, classic buddy movie from the 80s, Miami Connection. Who could forget Dan Marino and Hulk Hogan? That's what Joseph Cramarosa came up with for Miami Connection. I felt like we needed to share the final uh, three Lights, Camera, Fiction movies from Joseph Cramarosa that we now obviously aren't going to be able to use throughout the rest of the season. We here at the Penguins organization would like to wish Joseph Cramarosa the best of luck in the continuing journey of his professional career and as it moves along now with the Chicago Blackhawks organization and obviously thank him for all the hard work and passion that he gave to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins in his time here with the team since they acquired him in a trade on Valentine's Day two seasons ago. And now, for real, this is the end of this episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Yeah.